Welcome to Shout Out, out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to the first of our spooktacular shows. I'm Steph Barnett. And I'm Ali Shilton. And today on Shout Out, Queer Ghost Stories. I speak to author Robert Kyle about his new scary book. Uh, but it's spooky news. Terrace here with News Extra with a Halloween twist. Uh, and in breaking news, we'll be talking about the Pope's latest revelations as well. All today, right here on Shout Out. <laughs> you can take surely with radio, Andrew. You can take the mask off now. Oh, thanks. Oh, Do you know what's making it even worse today as well? Um, sorry, let me bring Terry in. Hello, Terry. Hello, Hello Terry. Good evening. Hello. So, um, what, what's making it even worse? I've got toothache because it's making me talk stupid as well. So don't tell me. Yeah, yeah, we won't. We I sound like Sid the Chef. Yeah, I, I do. I genuinely keep doing that. I'm not, I'm not taking the Mickey out of anyone. I'm just. I've got toothache and it really hurts. Okay. Yeah. Well, if we all take talk the same, then <laughs> everything will be all right. That's right. Yeah. So you've, got, you've got a slight lisp this evening. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, right. If I'm lucky, I won't dribble all over the desk. So. Too late. Oh, well. Is there already a puddle on the floor, Terry? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that uh, is in my studio as well. If people have just tuned in, I, I'm not going to yeah. give that context. Welcome to welcome out. to the first of our two Halloween specials. Yeah, I'm in Halloween. waders. You're in so oh. broom in the corner. I noticed it's in waders. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, it's all the see. dribbling from Andy. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Yes, I remember. You know, going down to London and seeing. You know, that some fetish shops sell a you know wide range of waders. It's a big Hang on, thing. how do we get how, how do we get to fetish from Halloween? I could get to fetish you, from you, anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, lower lower the tone, mate. <laughs> so, anyway, very very packed show uh, today. Uh, we'll kick off things in a minute. Uh, you're talking to Robert Kyle, aren't you? Um, he's got oh, a yeah. new uh, tale of horror. Yep. Uh, Famous for the Ozone Hotel, but he's got a new <laughs> horror story just out. Yeah, um, and then obviously you got new, news as normal. Then, then we're talking about spooky things and and, uh, and the like. Things that go bump in the night. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. No. No Halloween, mate. Not. Yeah. not. And talking <laughs> of things that go. Not when you've had a few too many to drink and walk into the wall. No. I was going to say Stephen Gerrard goes bump in the night when I kick him out of bed to get some chocolate biscuits. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then later on, we're talking about. Um, well, it's not breaking news, but but it's um, it's almost breaking for shout out. Um, of course, the Pope has uh, recently made an interesting announcement that we're talking about Serious later on in the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, talk about bumping the night. Mm, yeah. Anyway, um, shall we kick things off? Do you want to introduce this because it's your piece? <laughs> Um, yes, well, I can't say any more than uh, what I just did. So, Robert Kyle, author of The Ozone Hotel, is telling me about his new spooky boo. Well, <laughs> spooky it's boo-hoo. the time of the spookiness. And um, Halloween is fast approaching. And funnily enough, author Robert Kyle has just written a book about ghosts and spooks. Robert, how are you? Hello. Hi, I'm good, thank you very much. <laughs> Tell me uh, uh, more about the book. Well, it's my second novel, and it's, uh, it's called The Straw Boys, in what you would call the genre of folk horror. It's um, essentially, it's a, it's, a horror, it's a horror novel. I'll, I'll read you the kind of the back, because it kind of sums it up. It, it basically kind of, it says, Jack and Kate move into a quiet rural village 
and they're un uh, they're, uh, and are unaware that they've been lured by supernatural forces. Their fates are set when they buy an old cottage at the end of the lane. Jack flourishes in the community, being given work and he's treated like a local, but Kate is shunned and kept as an outsider. Unbeknown to him, Jack's heritage is wound up in the history of the village. Being a descendant of, Ashbury, of the Ashbury line, he has been drawn back to put the rights of the wrongs of the past, and, and, and through that, he becomes a terrible sacrifice. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> it's, a little bit, it's a little bit like the Wicker Man. Um, I sort of kind of want, you know, I, I really love those sorts of mm. movies, you know, the Hammer movies, the Wicker Man. I just was inspired by them and I wanted to write um, my own um, ghost story. And so this, got, this has got everything in it. It's got ghosts, it's got witchcraft, it's got supernatural forces. And um, yeah, it's got a little bit of a twist in the tale of it as well. So Oh, okay. okay. Perfect, yeah. perfect for Halloween. Yeah, yeah, and a good Christmas present as well. Absolutely, <laughs> definitely. Now, of course, you mentioned this is your second novel. Now, of course, the first one is well known to shout out listeners. Um, the Ozone, the Hotel. Ozone Hotel, yeah. Absolutely, I've been working, I'm still working on um, the second book, nearly finished. Oh, that's exciting, so, so I love the first one. The idea is to probably, um, I'm, Try, trying to get it finished by, by spring so hopefully there'll be some news kind of early next year on that novel okay okay does it is it a continued storyline from the first one what the ozone hotel uh, ozone hotel 2 yeah of yeah. course yeah 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 it'll just kind of run run into the next storyline okay. so um yeah it's actually fun it's been it's fun writing that one certainly now that kind of you know the dark days are coming in uh, yeah because it, it's very camp and entertaining <laughs> <laughs> that whereas, it this, is. Where, whereas this book the straw boys is a little bit more dark and sinister mm. um yeah and, how did um, you come up with the idea for the straw boys it's funny <laughs> it's actually kind of based on on um the house i live in now and, and also in the village so kind of when i first moved into this this area in Wiltshire, this this hamlet, um, it had a lot of spooky tales around it and stuff, and it just inspired me to put down some ideas, and it became um, it became a novel, became a book. Okay, now tell me, are you able to tell me if your house is haunted? It's the house. Actually, it is haunted. There's oh, yeah, there is a ghost here in the house. Not by your <laughs> husband. <laughs> no, no, no. We've not seen it. We, you know, we've not seen him for a long time. Um, when we first moved in this house, I used to kind of be here on my own, and I used to hear footsteps at the back of the house in in what used to be kind of gravel, and um, it really kind of freaked me out. But um, anyway, long story short, we had a an extension built on the back of the house where the gravel was, and um, one day when I was kind of downstairs, I actually saw someone walking around in the bottom of the house where actually kind of I would have heard the footsteps um, outside. And, 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 I've, and I've seen him a few times and a few people who've been to the house have seen him. They think he, he was um, an old gamekeeper who used to live in the house. And the house dates back to probably around about 1820. So, um, yeah, he was seen quite a lot. Um, but these days he seems to be disappearing a bit. No, I've not seen him for um, for a hmm. while. Are, are yeah, you, were you okay? Did you get used to it? And are you okay with the thought of that now? 
Yeah, it's never really worried me. You know, I kind of think when you see these things in your house, um, initially, you you know, when I first kind of saw someone, I thought there was someone in the house. So you think someone's, you know, you kind of go, who is that? And then you kind of have a look and there's no one there. And the thing is with kind of when you see ghosts, so when you see things which, you know, probably, you know, um, we could say is a ghost, um, it happens so much out of the blue that before you, you don't really know what you're seeing until you've, until it's gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it was but like yeah. um, a view out the corner of your eye sort of thing, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, but I could tell you what he looked like. I mean, Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he, he wore a big black coat, um, you know, grey hair, I'd say, probably in his mid-70s, old man. Um, you know, very, very distinct. <laughs> and it's really funny, the next-door neighbour who used to come around and feed the cats saw exactly the same person. And my mum, who's been staying down at the house in the past, she's seen him as well. And everyone has described exactly the same person. So that's interesting, isn't it? It, it, it is indeed. And on that note, Robert, thank you very much. And <laughs> good luck with the book. Yeah, hope, hope you enjoy it. <laughs> spooky, spooky book for a spooky time of year. Absolutely. Thank you, Robert. All right, then. Bye-bye. Shout-outs. LGBT radio for you. <laughs> the Shout-out podcast. That's a thriller uh, mashed up with Heads Will Roll. I'm loving it. <laughs> heads Will Roll. Off with oh. your head. Dance, 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 till you turned into a cockney. I can't. <laughs> a cockney goes. I can't take my head off. Oh. This, this, the threads are. are they, 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 it's just what? rusted. Oh. I wonder where you were going with that. Yeah, I had. <laughs> I've just got a Steffi bowling ball in my head now, which is a little mm. bit eerie. Sorry about that. Oh, anyway. that is quite spooky. Nothing to see here. Well, my head's coming off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure this won't be spooky. I can't and do the nuts. No. no, it, <laughs> no Time no, to get no, no, serious, guys. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, news headlines. I'll, I'll tell her off. Don't worry. I'll, I'll go sort of nuts out. You two do the news. Thank it's you. <laughs> This is Shoutout News on Thursday the 22nd of October. The Guardian reports that thousands of women, many of them young and engaged with the political process, rallied across the United States on Saturday to urge voters, whether male, female or gender nonconformist, to put aside their differences and vote against the Republican candidate and sitting president, Donald Trump. The rallies were socially distanced and participants wore masks to reflect the difference in their approach to COVID-19 and that of a president who was described as a super spreader by one speaker who had cost the lives of hundreds of thousands of Americans. In Washington, Sondra Spoo, representing the reproductive right group Ultraviolet, was in a positive mood and felt optimistic about the future. She was asked about Donald con- uh, about Donald Trump contesting the result of the election. When we vote him out come 3rd of November, there is no choice, she said. Donald Trump will not get to choose whether he stays in power. That is not his power. That is our power. We are the hell and high water.
An inquest in our home city of Bristol has been hearing evidence as it assesses the failures in the mental health system which may have contributed to the death of transgender woman Alexandra Greenway, who sadly passed on in the May of 2019. It is only the latest in a number of reports that have been carried in the press in recent weeks concerning the lack of resources, bed spaces and care for people living with mental health needs regardless of their gender identity. The Bristol Cable has run an extensive series of reports on mental health provision in the city. Meanwhile, The Guardian has been following the inquest into the case of Miss Greenway's death closely. Her parents have been given evidence and it is expected that both GPs and representatives of statutory services will be called on to speak at the ongoing investigation. Miss Greenway, a brilliant intellect who had studied psychology at college, had made at least one attempt on her life some time before committing suicide. Her parents and partner have told the inquiry that they felt she was passed from pillar to post and that was she was denied the psychiatric help that could have saved her. The Guardian says that her family hopes it will consider the adequacy of the mental health support prior to her death, the quality of risk assessments following, following a section 136 detention and discharge and the monitoring of the medication she was prescribed. The inquest continues. And we should note, if you are affected by mental ill health, you do not have to suffer in silence. There are numerous voluntary agencies that are available for you to speak to. Some of these are specific to different mental health conditions. Others are general, such as the Samaritans on 116123, 24 hours a day. If you think you're in danger of harming yourself, do not hesitate, but call 999 immediately. And for LGBTQ people, remember there are calm words every day between 10am and 10pm from the National LGBTQ Switchboard on 0300 330 0630. Roxane Gay is a feminist icon, according to Pink News and our friends at Transradio UK. She is a black bisexual woman who grew up in an underprivileged part of the United States and is qualified to discuss many aspects of intersectionality. That is, how different parts of our identities shape our experiences. Roxanne has blogged and essayed many times about her own experience as a larger woman and how it feels to be a woman abused by heteropatriarchal society. She has pulled no punches this week as she quietly exposes anti-trans writer J.K. Rowling. She is painting herself as a victim, but she's not. She's a billionaire who's decided to pick on one of the most marginalised groups of people in the world, and she has done so by making her fears into some sort of grand statement about gender. It's absurd and it's shocking that she doesn't get called out on it more by other writers. Roxanne's remarks also refer to the fact that the anti-transgender movement is being bankrolled by extreme political and religious groups who wish to splinter the traditional alliance between lesbian women and transgender people which dates back to decades to the earliest days of the gay liberation movement and its predecessor, the homophile movement. This fact was blown open by Pink News investigation during the summer, during which the Newswire met with several lesbian feminists who had quit the anti-trans groups owing to their links to groups which oppose women's freedom, including abortion rights and equal, equal employment opportunities. Writing in the left-wing weekly Socialist Worker, Sarah Bates analyses this week how anti-abortion groups operate in the United States and how they endeavour to control women's bodies. She notes that more than $2 million was ploughed into getting anti-abortion zealots to stand in local elections in the US in the last couple of years. More importantly, Bates look at why anti-choice groups operated and what function they fill in a heteropatriarchal society run for, she says, greed and profit. 
She notes that the claim from the anti-abortionists that they are the protectors of children is a lie, writing, they want to slash public services and welfare, making children's and their parents' lives harder. She notes that the heterosexual nuclear family, quote, is useful for the bosses who sit at the top of capitalist society because they get to reap years of women's labour. Interestingly, Sarah also observes that the current United States president, Mr Trump, used to be personally pro-choice and that personally he dislikes evangelical Christian groups who oppose abortion, but he has courted their votes in order to shore up his power base. The Radio Times this week gives its cover and chief story in the return of the hit contest show Strictly Come Dancing. Nicola Adams, the black lesbian hero and double Olympic champion, will be the first official contestant to partner with someone of the same sex on the programme, a move that has been asked for by fans for the show for some years, but only enacted by the programme makers for this season. Strictly is back on our screens from Saturday on BBC One. The channel is available on all platforms in the UK and is the country's oldest television service this week, marking 84 years on air. For these news stories and more, you can always check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Hans Peregrine and Terry Starr. Shout out LGBT Radio for you. <laughs> the Shout Out Podcast. Uh, another fitting one, that's Monster. Uh, that's by The Automatic. Mm. So, yeah. We like that one. So, lots of people get a bit tripped out by the, the, the news jingle there. I did have a lot of fun editing that. <laughs> that was it was very interesting. Uh, I don't think I've been introduced in such a wonderfully gothic manner. Yeah, ever. yeah. Well, it's unusual as well because we, we, we've got two shows uh, that we're doing Halloween stuff. But we don't normally do that. And then, if you like, we do a firework by the week after. Oh, don't quite know how how we'll do that. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Well, I'll get the box of fireworks and we'll let them off in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no. We, we've already had one fire here. We don't need to do that anymore. No, no, thank you. Aren't we allowed? No. No. <laughs> oh, dear. No. Uh, people don't celebrate bonfire night as much as they used to when we were young. Uh, Steffi, of course, me and Steffi were around when the gunpowder plot actually took place. <laughs> <laughs> we were... Uh... <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, do you remember it? Yeah, those I days. Remember well, Mr. Fawkes was uh, quite a good friend. Yes. Yes, he used to hang out around Club 46, didn't he? He did, yeah. Uh, we used to walk yeah. to the Houses of Parliament now and again and yeah. mooch around in the dungeons. Mooch around and plan to stick That's why you're still banned from the area, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, you? You are right. It's not, I mean, it, what's, it's kind of it's sad in one way and, and good in another way, you know. I mean, um, um, it used to be like, you know, you, you do a lot at home yourself firework wise and yeah. and the like but just because of well i'm gonna say say it just because of sheer idiots out there who you know have spoiled it for the rest it's not easy to get decent fireworks at home now they're usually pity little yeah. bang things so you're actually better off going to a well-organized um yeah. you know event and I'm, I'm sure 
Matthew will text me any minute saying yes go to an organised event because he does fireworks doesn't he so, he does he does um, he's a pyrotechnician yes. yeah. uh, and a yes, campanologist Campan- yeah, there's yeah. nothing to do with fireworks and a radio broadcaster no. and a broadcaster no, so, no anyway um, um, we're talking about things that go bump in the night and by that just for clarity I do mean ghosts and ghouls um, yeah. and the like which dates back I didn't realise I was reading your brief Terry I didn't realise it went back as far as uh, the Egyptian times Absolutely. I mean, belief in, in ghosts goes back an extremely long way. Just let me bring up my briefing myself. I'm going to get my <laughs> briefs on. Um, now, uh, the first thing to say, I wanted to say, actually, is that um, Shout Out as a programme, you know, we serve the vast breadth of LGBTQ experience and we have no particular view one way or other on the existence or otherwise of the paranormal. No, but if they um, do exist, there will be LGBT ghosts as well, I'm sure. But, but do you know what? <laughs> well, you know what? Queer speaks. Do you know what? There is apparently um, a ghost. I think it's in Bath that only a appears to handsome young men. Oh. Yes, um, no, I got that from Richard Felix, who you may remember used to co-present Most Haunted. Is that, is that what you're quit. planning to do after you passed away? <laughs> oh. Look, I'm already harassing young men now, and I don't need to pass on to do it. Now, <laughs> can I ask you, Terry? Do you believe yes. in ghosts? Well, that's a very good question. Um, I think I'm a fence sitter on this. Right. Uh, I really sit on the fence. Now, okay. uh, my personal feeling is that I am a sceptic, and I think it's important to be sceptic. And incidentally, us as broadcasters are required under the broadcast code in the United Kingdom to treat anything paranormal with scepticism. That means UFOs, Bigfoot, vampires, um, Witches. and Riddicum, um, <laughs> uh, anything like that, with due scepticism. And they made that ruling after complaints were made over one of the UK's oldest paranormal shows, which is called Most Haunted with Yvette Fielding. Yes. I'm sure you know it. Uh, well, I, I don't think it's running anymore, is it? They're not making it, it anymore. It, they're still showing repeats on digital uh. TV, uh, but it's lost most of the audience it once has. Now, Ofcom ruled that these type of shows should be regarded not as science, but as light entertainment, and that they are characterised by a high degree of showmanship. So, the requirement for scepticism uh, doesn't prevent us from, however, in, in Indulging in some spooky tales. Now, mm. you asked what my personal feeling is. Uh, yeah, I am sceptical, and I think that a lot of things can be explained away by the incredible power of the human mind to get things wrong and misinterpret things. Well, we don't really know um, there's lots of things like, you know, a human brain automatically tries to see a human face in things yes. it doesn't recognise. It so does you, you can look into yeah. um, stuff. And I know things like, um, if you go back to the Victorian times, um, there was all kinds of things like, for example, they, they'd use like lead and mercury in the wallpaper manufacturing. <laughs> um, and and them on their faces, yes. And, and a very well-known one was, of course, um, lighting was usually done by gas. Um, and one of the side effects when they didn't work was they gave off carbon monoxide, um, which could give you like yes. hypoxia and would mean that you would hallucinate and see things. So, so over yeah. time, there have been many different kind of reasons behind things. And in Steph's case, there's just no mystery at all. It's just Steph. <laughs> well Steph is a time lord I think we, we established that but well you're this is very right. true it's the two hearts that give it away Terry. <laughs> what about you absolutely. Andy are you, a, are you a believer I, um, I'm not necessarily a believer I've had an experience where I felt a cold spot um, in a building right, um, just... and that's uh, and that's a very strange experience I felt a cold spot come past me mm. um, that's interesting so I'm not I'm not sure what it was I don't know whether it's to the paranormal or not 
but it's a very weird experience. I mean, yeah. Some people do really believe. Yeah, I mean, yes, my, my, my grandparents. I mean, uh, they, they've been they passed away many many years ago. But um, I can remember um, we I grew up in Winchester, um, which got a massive cathedral in it, and I can remember being with my my grandparents. And uh, we were doing the usual kind of, you know, I was knee-high to a grasshopper, but we were doing the show them around the sites of, of the city. And we were walking down the right-hand side of the cathedral, and my grandma just stopped and she said, I can't go any further, I can't walk over that grave. And just about-faced, and she said, I'll go around the other way and I'll meet you at the end. And she walked back around the other way. So my dad stopped one of the, the guides and said can you just tell us a bit more about this grave? Didn't say why or anything. Um, and the guy started explaining that he was a really nasty man and that um, um, they'd had issues hundreds of years ago protecting the grave because people kept trying to dig him up to destroy the bones because he used to do horrible things to people. Oh, gosh. Um, and no connection. My grandma didn't know that. She just wouldn't walk over it. Yeah. And as skeptical as I am, when something like that happens in front of you, it's very difficult not to believe there might be something, you yeah. know. Yeah, and the, the, I, I do acknowledge that there are lots of people who are not, how to put it, they're not sort of making big money on TV. They're not sort of like packing in movie theatres with um, sort of like psychic shows or anything. But they do have odd stories to tell. And mm. it's, it's very common. It goes back, as you say, to ancient Egyptian culture who had a belief in the dead. It might even go back to the very earliest religions, which were based on ancestor worship. And um, there's lots and lots of stories in the Roman world, in the ancient Greek world, in the medieval period. But the masters, the masters of the ghost story as we know it today, were the Victorians and the Edwardians, right? And they 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 the championed gothic horror, as you as you say, possibly because they were all, they were all stoned on carbon monoxide. <laughs> but but they did pioneer the most wonderful ghost stories, which even today, you know, you you the, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. I mean, I, I do enjoy a good ghost story. So I was yeah. talking to Terry off air just before um, when, when we were briefing about this bit and. Um, um, in 1992, there was a, um, a well. It was actually a film, wasn't it? Uh, called Ghost Watch that was broadcast, but it was broadcast. broadcast it was broadcast live, and it was broadcast in the and, and the film was the same style as Most Haunted. It was an investigation type thing, um, and it was all about um, following this family who had a ghost under the stairs called Pipes. Um, and um, and um, and it ends basically with a ghost transmitting down the cameras to the TV studio. The TV studio blowing up, and there's me. I think I was about twelve or fourteen watching this, so convinced it was going to come down the TV was, into our house. I switched it off. <laughs> well, you, you, yes, and it's very interesting because the BBC BBC One it was on on Halloween 1992, as you say, yep. and they they behaved in exactly the same way that NBC had in 1938 with the. Famous War of the Worlds broadcast by Orson Welles. Oh, that caused panic, when, didn't it? Of course, they didn't say yes. They said they didn't say the following is drama. They just said, "And now Ghost Watch with yeah. Sarah Green and Michael Parkinson, respected yep. broadcasters, yep. Uh, but both Craig actors Charles. by trade as well." Yeah, Craig Charles, you know, and and um, it was so of course, so people convincing. believed. <laughs> And yes. they, they kept going from the studio to this this house, and it actually apparently had been shot over 
um, a fair period of time, certain bits of it. Like. Um, but but it was so convincing. Um, and yeah, I genuinely, at the age of 40, it, it aired really late. It was like half 10, 11 o'clock at night. I finished. I ran around the house and unplugged all the TVs because I was too scared it might come, come down the tunny. So, but I wasn't the only yes. one and they got a lot of trouble for it. So. They, they were really slated for it. Uh, but the BFI has released Ghostwatch on video and DVD and you can buy it because it's considered a, a, a seminal piece of theatrical um, television. Yeah. And you yeah. can actually find them, well, they've got a website, believe it or not, uh, ghostwatchbtc.com. That's ghostwatchbtc.com. Um, and no. you, you can see what we're, we're talking about. It, I mean, it is a real 90s now, even all the clothes are really 90s. Not so scary um, these days, but yeah. it certainly well, was, so, was back then. <laughs> there's so many of those paranormal type programmes around. I have to say, I f- personally find quite a lot of them quite trashy, especially ones from America. But um, talking of trashy stuff, I went online and I thought, I've got to search gay uh, gay stories involving ghosts, and there's some great stories out there. My Haunted Gay Bathroom, Secret Sexy Visits by a Gay Ghost, by Leila LaRue, is on the market now. It's released this week, I believe. Yeah. Um, the Pracy says, Mark's new apartment is a former gay brothel with a notorious reputation. He has everything he could ever want, small price, big rooms, and a glory hole in the secret <laughs> double toilet. But unfortunately <laughs> for him, he has no one to share it with. The real... Realtor's assistant Darren teases him with his good looks and lingering touches, but seems to ignore him once the deal is through. And then, one late and lonely Mark, night, Mark hears a ghostly voice echoing from his house, seemingly coming from the mysterious toilet. It calls him, and Mark's not had any sex action for months. So that's my. Oh, my wow. <laughs> also, I found there's books called. I mean, you can get these from any good gay bookstore. There's um, gay male on male Halloween stories. Uh, the Winter Spirit by Indra Vaughan. That's a more serious one. Ghost Protectors, which is about um, uh, where it's got two hunky men on the front holding each other. So obviously one of them's a ghost. And uh, Shane Brown, the Pied Piper, a Norfolk ghost story, which is more traditionally English ones. So those are just a few on the market now. But there, there is a big uh, there's a big market for it, obviously. Mm. And that's just the gay male side of it. I didn't look into the sort of lesbian. Um, ghost stories which I'm sure there's plenty of as well, well I think, I think there's loads isn't there so, anyway um, we are rapidly running out of time so uh, okay. we will leave it there um, um, but um, yeah I mean if you have a ghost story you want to tell us studio at shoutoutradio.lgbt Ooh, uh, is uh, how you can get in contact uh, or head to our website uh, anyway stay with us we're going to be um, changing the subject quite dramatically and talking about some um, news that came from Pope Francis uh, this week uh, when we come back uh, so stay with us you're listening to Shoutout the Shoutout Shout out LGBT radio for you. <laughs> that, that was Steph did that voiceover for me. <laughs> the daggers come out. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> if looks could kill yes <laughs> well when you say that she's grinning away and giggling at me here you, just, you can't, can't actually see well, it well the mask you're wearing is so hilarious <laughs> <laughs> Steffi can you can you remember who the man in black was on 1950s television the man for 50 in pounds black. Uh, no he presented the spooky Valentine Dial ah ooh, do you yes. remember him yes Yep. And of no, course, I uh, when I was growing up, it was all about the Adams family. <gasps> oh, uh, my yes. 
Yeah. Cool, that, that goes back. And who was the other one? Because the other network decided that the Adam's Family was successful. What was the... Um, the Munsters. The Munsters. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you had Very a, similar uh, programs. Yeah, they, uh, yes. you had a double dose. I mean, one was a complete and utter rip-off, wasn't it, of Tether? Well, wasn't it the Munster, <laughs> the Munsters that had Mr. Ed? Was it Mr. Ed, the the The, whole, the, 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 the horse? Well, the torch? There was a weird horse in the stable. I'm oh, sure that was a separate series. Mr. Ed had a series of his own. He was mm. a yes, famous horse. Yeah. It was the first horse in the world that could talk. Oh. It was amazing. I, I, which, I, I which they did with sugar lumps. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. They, they made him talk by, by giving him sugar yeah. lumps. Yeah. And it, so, I mean, it's ridiculous that they, people say animals can't talk because obviously that series proved that horses could actually talk. <laughs> it's there on film. Yeah. And it was, I mean, his accent was brilliant. So they, yeah. do, they go round and round these things, don't they? You know, I mean, it's like um, they do show after, them, they after, the, after that, we had the whole battles in space. So you had Star Wars and Star Trek and yep. uh, Space Battle, 1999. Yeah. Anyway, yes, um, absolutely nothing to do with what we're about to talk about. No, no um, um, now, um, Terry, do you want to yeah. do you want to fill us in? Give us the kind of like um, you know the, the, what, what's actually been said or been released in the media. Well, um, the Pope Francis, His Holiness Pope Francis, is the leader, of course, if you didn't know, of the Roman Catholic Church, the mm-hmm. largest religious organization in the world. In fact, one of the largest organizations in history. It has about one point three billion billion adherents worldwide now he's made a statement an interview with a filmmaker called Evgeny Afinivsky I hope I pronounced that correctly and the pontiff said homosexual people have a right to be in a family he went on to say what we have to create is a civil union law that way they are legally covered now this um, new movie, it's going to be called Francesco, it's about his life, contains many exclusive interviews with the Pope and has premiered at the Film Festival of Rome. Many liberal observers of the Church have welcomed his remarks, just as there have been howls of protest coming from Conservatives. Now, um, it would be a mistake to conclude at this point that Francis's statements make a whole-scale alteration of Roman Catholic doctrine on homosexuality or sexual orientation or indeed gender diversity. But gay Catholics will take much comfort from his change of tone, uh, as well as several other intimations of a more welcoming and tolerant approach from the current Pope, particularly compared with the very conservative predecessors. Yeah, it's also a good right. message to Eastern Europe countries like uh, Poland. Like Poland. Which is very Roman Catholic. Um, who yeah. were very anti-LGBTQ. In fact, they've allowed uh, certain towns and cities to become LGBTQ-free zones. Mm. Not that there is such a thing, but well, indeed, yeah. indeed. I mean, yeah. practically speaking, <laughs> yeah. but yes, but it's, yes, it's you're good, absolutely. It's right. good that they can hear the leader of their church saying these conciliatory but things. But the, the problem is, is, from what yeah. I'm seeing in the reaction yes. now, I know some people will be will be going, "Oh, okay, right, you're right." But um, especially if you look at a place like America, they've actually backlashed and said that you know they're, they're not happy with it at all, and they think he should be you know struck off as pope. Or, well, it's not called struck off, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> struck off as pope. <laughs> 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 I'm his license taken off. You know. no, um, obviously, the conservative Catholic groups in the states are, are less than happy and have rushed to say this doesn't change official teaching, which is no. that same-sex relationships are morally wrong, although homosexual orientation is not. That is the official ideology of the Roman Catholic Church, and that's an area where they differ from the sort of evangelical fundamentalists in the United States, the Protestant denominations, mm-hmm. who say that gay people need to be rewired and reprogrammed into heterosexuals, and we sometimes cover on the news their sort of 
bizarre attempts to do that. Well, currently, everyone knows. Currently, in the Catholic doctrine, gay relationships are referred to as deviant behaviour. Um, in 2003, the Vatican's official um, doctrinal body, the Congression uh, for the Doctrine of the Faith, um, right. said that respect for homosexual persons cannot lead in any way to approval of homosexual behaviour or to legal recognition of homosexual unions. And that's why groups like Dignity, which is the largest network for LGBTQ Roman Catholics in the world, said that they were anxious to see the full movie for themselves and are for the time being holding back on celebrations they said we are very early in this story Mm. but if true they said the pope's comments could represent an international game changer and a major step forward for lgbtqi equality this is according to marianne duddy burke who is the executive director of dignity in the united states it would remove a key obstacle she said to inclusion in many places around the world especially in areas where lgbt LGBTQI people are especially vulnerable to discrimination and violence because the Pope, you see, has has referred to civil unions, not full marriage, which the Catholic Church continues to believe is only between one man and one woman uh, for life. But civil unions, he does seem to endorse in these comments, and this is a major, major change because you can have equal but separate civil unions like we used to have in the united kingdom under the tony blair government before they were before marriage equality came in so that is a big step forward if indeed that's what he said and it's true well he has said some other kind of like um pro equality things like he said if a person is gay and seeks god and has goodwill then who am i to judge was one of the comments he's, he's known known for saying so i, I mean indeed. i think i think it's it's quite quite nice because it's a personal observation but my observation of the church has always been it's very behind the times when it comes to all these things you know whether it be about sexuality or even gender i mean um i mean having women in the church was a huge great no-no for god knows how long is men men only and incidentally celibate men only yes yeah, if you if you're a catholic priest you are not supposed to even masturbate that's a that's a major sin Gosh. so it's it yeah you're talking about a, an organization which sort of really crystallized by the first century ad the end of the first century early second century ad so um it's a very old institution and obviously old institutions do sometimes take a long time to change but the church of england of course which is a lot newer is a protestant denomination that has embraced um not not so much gay clergy although there are plenty within it but women in the in the church are very common in fact anne widdicombe that's why she left <laughs> the church of england and became a roman catholic so somebody did comment on an atheist website um now she should deconvert once again because Catholicism yeah. is getting too liberal for her. well she's also but, made, recently yeah. made comments about um the same-sex couple in strictly come dancing as well that were very derogatory yes, from, i think from, i think the, i think same sex uh, i think you know um strictly come dancing i'm sure you know the fans of the program will love uh, Nic- it's Nicola Adams isn't it, yes, it is. she'll be yeah. brilliant she'll I mean, be absolutely brilliant yeah, I, I think it's great I mean there's so much TV that's coming out now where you know, LGBT plus people are in there as characters but just normal it's not like a sensationalised because they are LGBT plus no it's just family it's just life. They're, they're there you yeah. know do you think, think Terry that the, sorry. the Pope no. might be about to come out <laughs> no the, I mean the Pope is also um supposed to be celibate regardless of his sexuality and in some respects all popes have had to be beyond uh, gender and sexuality that's the way 
the Catholic Church has set up. I think we're a very long way from having a gay pope. Although, if you talk to our or a female um, Christian one, expert, well, no, because Rose, of course, who's a, an old, uh, a lesbian Christian, you know, contributes to this programme. Um, hi, Rose, hope you're listening. Now, she, uh, I remember, told me that in the Middle Ages there was actually a woman who passed as a pope there were lots of schisms and splits in the in the catholic church in the medieval period there were the popes there were anti-popes at avignon and things like this yeah, um, and apparently apparently one of the popes that sat um they only found out after he had died that it was actually fact a woman now i i believe i'll have to look up the story i don't know i can't verify it myself but that's what rose has told me and she's um as she says our christian expert if you like so mm. I bet Ella would have a few stories around this too. So. Well, yeah, and Ella, of course, specialises in classical history. And, of course, before, um, you know, the Western world became Christian, there were many sexual practices and gender-diverse yes. uh, practices across mm. the Greco-Roman world, in ancient Egypt, in ancient Africa, and so on and so forth. Well, let us know, let us know your thoughts. Um, get us on social media um or uh the the more old-fashioned studio at shout out radio lgbt um uh it'd be lovely to know your opinions so um but thanks for that terry um very no informative um, i, I bet you. it's something we report on again um especially when the film is public and can be seen by everyone so absolutely um but for the time being stay with us uh, you're listening to shout out back a minute the shout out podcast <laughs> oh i got visions of uh, t- terry who sounds like he's got his phone near his microphone too it's Oh, sorry, <laughs> there was some good news there, Andrew, yeah. but I suggest yes. you of, stay on the floor and keep off the of, desk. Uh, Terry doing that in, in his little uh, bunker under the, the stairs. Do the time walk with Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so, and we managed to get Steph's bolt out. You did, and, and, <laughs> and, head, head came off. And frosty nuts. Back. Yeah, well, we've uh, we've uh, we've lubed it up now, so um, and reinserted. <laughs> so, um, and um, a quick, quick reminder: um, please check the date you're listening to this, because obviously we're assuming that it's live. But if it is before Saturday, clocks go back this weekend. Um, so, yes. uh, extra hour in bed, but it does mean that it's then very dark when you finish work. Very true. Um, Lighter mornings, though. Mm, Yeah. Only for a few weeks, though. Yeah. Ten weeks till Christmas. Thank you for that. Yeah. Joy. Wow. (laughs) Lockdown (laughs) Christmas, do you reckon? Ten weeks, nine weeks. Nine weeks till Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Lockdown Christmas? I don't know. I hope not. No. I I don't think the country would would cope with it. I reckon it, yeah. I'm not even sure they would obey it. I mean, it's... It's it's going to be difficult for everybody. Well, the Scottish are definitely saying, because I saw an article on that saying that it's a very high potential possibility of a virtual Christmas. So, I personally... (laughs) Virtual Christmas! (laughs) Well, you you laugh, Terry, but that that may well be what happens, you know. I just thought that was was quite funny. A virtual Santa Claus would deliver virtual presents. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, luckily, we we have this wonderful thing called Royal Mail, so... um, We do, and internet shopping as well. I think we'll keep it going. (laughs) And and incidentally, the um, Royal Mail actually now do collections from home so they you, do, can, you yes. can ship your parcels straight from home for 72p yeah yep. which, which is actually That's really good, good to be fair yeah um but but yeah no personally i i hope we're gonna lock down we either do it before or after um preferably before because okay. less people will get infected do you want to have um, a chat with boris I, no i got him on the really phone don't. now <laughs> <laughs> 
So I, I'm not sure what I would want to say to him broadcastable. Um, <laughs> your, your mouth has got looser as the show's gone on. You're not you're not lisping and, th- and dribbling well, I, as much. I am. You, you've just, dried out. I am. I am still in a bit of pain. So yeah. Apologies if I've been slurring words tonight. It's no, normally takes a few gin and tonics for that to happen. <laughs> okay, other drinks are available. <laughs> How is that a gin brand? And orange? <laughs> I was going to say. Well, I was thinking more of soft drinks and orange juice and. Yeah, but that's not going to make me slur, is it? <laughs> yeah, okay. Right, we're going off on a tangent here. It's you are. Yeah. Yes, bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, good lord. Let's talk about <laughs> more about Stephen Gerrard. No, that's really not. Because so. it's the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Uh, anyway, that's it for another week. As I said, uh, please remember clocks go back this weekend. Extra hour in bed. Uh, or, of course. Um, yes, or, of course, you can use it to listen to Shout Out Podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, and many other places, including our home online, shoutoutradio.lgbt. Oh, my God. Put your head back on a bit fast, didn't we? Uh, anyway, uh, next week, the spookiness continues, but from myself, Hans, Andy, Terry, and the lovely Steph, say bye-bye, everyone. Bye! Shout out. LGBT radio for you. <laughs>